Turning to Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 15, please. And I want you to open the scriptures at this chapter, and we'll be turning during the course of my message this morning to another two scriptures. So keep alert and keep your Bible open to see and hear what God will say to us this morning. Two Lord's Day mornings ago, I preached to you on COVID-19, the stirring, COVID-19, the stirring. And I took my text from Haggai chapter 1 and verse 14. And the Lord stirred the spirit of Zerubbabel and Shaltiel and others to rebuild the temple on the return from the Babylonian captivity. Then last Lord's Day, I preached to you on COVID-19, the sifting. And I took for my text the words of our Lord Jesus to Peter on the eve of the crucifixion in Luke 22, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift thee as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. Now this morning, I want to speak to you on COVID-19 and the shielding. COVID-19 and the shielding. And before I go into the text that I have, let me say that the stirring and the sifting and the shift and, and the shielding are three major players in this virus or pandemic that's abroad in the world this morning. And I'm not speaking only about its effect on the world and as it's having a catastrophic effect across the world. It has and it will continue to have. The nations of the world this morning are all reeling from something less than a year ago we knew nothing about financially, industrially, economically, socially, educationally, politically, and on we could go. But the last eight months since this pandemic came in, it has changed and stirred and shook and sifted the church in many, many ways, a lot of we don't know about. It has changed things. It has shaken things in the church. Social distancing, the wearing of masks, the selecting of numbers, the prohibition against singing, and a whole raft of other things. And it has, and it is, sifting out and stirring up a remnant in the evangelical church to lay hold of God for the outpouring of the Spirit 
and the fulfillment of the prophecy and the promises that God is going to revive us again. Now, there's a remnant. See that? And there's a remnant, and we have some of them here. There's a remnant. Believe that. Sadly. Let me say this sadly. It's only a small number of God's people that is responding to the stirring and the sifting and the shaking that's abroad in the church this morning. Most others, most other Christians, they're still going on the same way as they always went on. Most other churches are back doing the very same things that they used to do. The spiritual condition hasn't changed anything. There's no evidence of spiritual progress. There's no realization of the crisis hour and many. Still the same, one meeting a week. Five or ten minute daily reading in the morning, if that is so. Still watching the soaps. Still practicing the secret sins. Still refusing to repent and to obey and take up the cross. Still refusing to seek the spirit-filled life that God has for us and needs us to do before he can bless us. Total disregard for collective prayer. And as a servant and the prophet, and I say a watchman for God, if we don't recognize this crisis hour, and if we don't recognize that this is God's hour of power, and if we don't recognize that this is God's final call to the church, and you don't recognize that this morning, you're in trouble. You'll not only be in trouble when you come to the judgment seat, but you'll be in trouble right here. In Ezekiel, we read these words. They heard the sound of the trumpet, but they took not heed to the warning, and their blood shall be on their own hands. Do you hear that now this morning? And I'm not speaking just to this congregation this morning. I'm speaking to a wide audience this morning of Christians from a burdened heart. If you hear the sound of the trumpet, do you realize as you look in the world and look around you? Do you realize that we're in dark, dangerous, awful days, closing days? And you just go on the same. Then there's something terribly wrong. And you first of all would need to see if you're saved at all. There are two powerful scriptural illustrations of that in the scripture. In the word of God. Now listen. In the Old Testament, in the book of Judges, 
Remember Deborah and Barak, the mighty warriors for God, the head of the enemy, the head of the battle against the enemies of Israel. And when that battle was in flight, and it was a severe battle, a mighty battle, there was a town down on the border at the Jordan River, a town of people called Meros. They were in a vital strategic position to come in behind. In fact, they were essential to the surviving of the battle. But they didn't come. Just a couple of hundred of them. But when the battle was over and God overruled and they won, it wasn't Deborah or Barak came to speak to them. It says the angel of the Lord came to them. That's a theophany. That's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He came to the town of Meros. And here's what he said to them. Cursed be thee, Meros, for ye came not to the help of the Lord. Twice he said that. Ye came not to the help of the Lord in the battle. In the mighty battle. That's what he says. Would that God help us that that will not be said of some of God's people listening to me this morning? Curse it, for you came not to the help of the Lord in the time of battle, in the time of need. The other one from the New Testament was when our Lord Jesus was in Gethsemane. And he brought Peter, James, and John. And he wrestled in strong crying and tears. And he wrestled that much over the sins of your sins and my sins that, that blood floated out of his veins. He sweat great drops of blood. And he says to Peter, James, and John, you come with me and you pray and watch with me. When the first battle was over with our Lord, he went to look for them and they were asleep. So he went over to them one time and he says, could you not watch with me for one hour? He went back and he interceded again and he said, Lord, let this, let this cup pass from me. Oh, the battle, oh, I tell you, what went on in Gethsemane, we shall never understand what Christ suffered in Gethsemane. And then he came again to them the second time. He says, could you not pray with me? Could you not watch with me for one hour? And then he went back again and went into the battle again, and it was fierce, and the conflict was awful. And he went the third time. You hear me this morning? He went the third time. And he said to them, you couldn't watch and you couldn't pray with me for one hour. But he says, sleep on now. Sleep on. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Just sleep on. Just you sleep on this morning. If you don't rise to the battle, it'll be too late. God has impressed that upon my heart so so hard.
There's three shieldings that I want to call your attention to this morning. And I'm only going to have time to comment on them briefly. The first one is in Genesis 15 and verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am. That's the I am. That's the theophany. They understand, I understand. I am thy shield, thy exceeding great reward. Now notice what the Lord said to Abram. He said unto Abram, Fear not. Now, God doesn't tell us not to fear if we're not fearful. He wouldn't come to Abram and say, don't you fear, if Abram wasn't afraid. This old patriarch, the old father of the faithful and the father of faith, he was afraid. Afraid. And and, and I say to you this morning, There's not one of you here this morning but knows something about fear. During the week even. For fear is a mighty weapon of the devil. We get afraid at times. And that's why there's over 300 fear knots in the Bible. Fear not. Abram, fear not, Abram. I am thy shield. Now, a shield is something that comes between us and the enemy. The Lord, us, and the enemy. Or the enemy, the Lord, and us. I am thy shield. Abraham, I called thee. Out of the year of the Chaldees, I call thee. The Ur means destruction, and Chaldee means flame. I call you out of the out of the place of destruction and the, and the flame and the fire. And my friend, he has called you and I this morning out of darkness into light. Fear not, he says, and I'm speaking to some of you this morning. Fear not, I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, and thou art mine. Of what time I am afraid, I'll trust him. Trust him this morning. Look to him this morning. Most of the fears that hit us are from the devil, and they never come to pass anyway. You see, why was this man afraid? Well, We haven't time to win that this morning. But you know, four mighty nations, four mighty kings captured Sodom. The cities of Sodom and took Lot, his brother, captive. And took all the belongings out of of Sodom and occupied the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says that Abraham armed 318 men trained in his house. And with 318 men, Abraham went out after them and he recovered all. He recovered Lot and the spoils and everything else and he brought them all back. God moved in mighty power. Then after it was done, like after many is a victory we have for the Lord and times of blessing in the Lord, the devil comes and he got afraid. These boys are going to come after me again. You ever feel like that? One day you're, everything's great and everything's going well. 
You're having great times. And then you know it's not going to last. And then thump, the devil comes. Well, he was afraid. God says, fear not, Abraham. I am thy shield and thine exceeding great reward. You're safe. You're safe for I'm with. Listen, whatever the devil will put into your mind last week or this week or whatever he'd say to you about your family, about, about your children or about your health or about anything else, tell him he's a liar and the father of lies and God is your shield. And he'll shield you from cancer and he'll shield you from COVID. And if he allows you in, in, into some of those areas, he'll bless you through it and give you victory through it. That's the God that I serve. So there's a shield for fear. Don't be afraid this morning. Don't be afraid of the future. The future's in the hands of God. Don't be afraid for your children this morning. God will look after your children on the school bus and in the cars and on the farms. He'll look after your children. You just keep looking to God and keep praising and keep praying. He'll do the rest. He'll do the rest. When we go after souls, and you see, this is what Abram did. He went after Lot and his family, and he recovered them to bring them back. Listen, when you go after souls, the devil will attack you. And you men that's out in open air, these are the only men that I know is doing anything. There's nothing happening in churches, you know. No, no, they're preaching the gospel up and down the country and there's no one saved in. And if COVID-19 has done anything, it has driven people out onto the street and into the internet and into the, in to get the message out. They're not coming in. God knows he put up with it long enough. Preaching to a handful of Sunday night of Christians. When you go out after souls, like these men are doing, out onto the street and out round the doors, when you go out and do that and declare the gospel and the full gospel, I'll tell you this, he'll strike fear into your heart. And when you start rescuing souls, bringing them back, and you may be sure you'll attack it, and don't you think that these prayer meetings here, and I'm too long in the 233 years here, and many, many mighty prayer meetings in the years before that. Don't you tell me that, that the devil's going to let this go on. And we start praying for the deliverance of souls and the deliverance of people, people's children and the beating down and the destruction of the enemy's powers around us. Let me tell you this. He's fierce. And you need to join in the battle with us. Turn to Psalm 3 in verse 3, where we have another shield. Psalm 3 in verse 3, the Psalm of David. Take your time and get the word down. Just look at verse 3. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. Now let me stop here. Let me give you the context of this psalm. David's on the run from none other than his son Absalom. I'm sure you, you, you know the story. How Absalom cajoled most of 
David's top military men and advisors over onto his side. And David had to abdicate and flee, flee from his throne and flee from Jerusalem with a handful of men. This episode in Absalom and David is, is probably, and I think it's the saddest in all of the story of David. Overnight, he gathers a couple of things into his hands and he heads down and goes over the Kidron Valley. And the Kidron means dark waters. I tell you, it was a dark night. And he went up the Mount of Olives, and the Bible says, weeping as he went, and his feet burning on the sand, blistering on the sand, and a few handful of men round him and his head hanging down. And all the sins of the past haunting him. His head hanging down to hide his tears, his heart broken and his feet tripping, and his life's work lying in ruin. And he says, O Lord, how are they increased? A man of over 60 years of age, coming near the end of his journey. O Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? And they say, there's no help. There's no help for me and God. Can I tell you this is not the shield of fear? David's not afraid because in verse 5 it says, I laid down and slept and waked for the Lord sustained me. Verse 6, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people. This is not a shield for fear. This is a shield from his friends. Now, now listen. If ever there was a man apart from the Lord that was wounded in the house of his friends, it's David here. Absalom, the son of his love, the one he blessed and forgave and took back after murdering a man, a brother. And how many sleepless nights Absalom didn't give David, proud, arrogant, wicked man, watched the moment to bid for power and gathered round him some of David's top men, one of them being Ahithophel, friend number two, the commander, the general of the forces. David could say about Ahithophel, we walked together into the house of God. He, he was mine own familiar friend. He was the top army general. And David trusted everything to Ahithophel. But it says that Absalom stole the hearts of the men, and he stole the hearts, the heart of Hethephaven, and a whole list of others, and Shimei. Remember, Shimei followed him up the mountain that day and cursed him and flung dust in his face and says, Thou bloody man, and cast up the past with Bathsheba. They all forsook him and fled. That's familiar, isn't it? Our Lord Jesus was wounded in the house of his friends and he knew all about it. Well, let me tell you, David knew all about it here. You often hear people saying, when you come into the corner, when your back's against the wall, 
You'll know who your friends are. Indeed, you will. And I tell you, the ones you think will be your friends, don't tell me about it. It'll surprise you. It'll surprise you. Don't put too much trust in anybody now. Don't go around crowing about this one or that one or the other. There could be your enemy before night. We could try to destroy you before it's all over. Oh, the heart of man is deceitful and above all things desperately wicked. The shake hands and the smile. Listen to what Job says. All my inward friends abhorred me, and they whom I love has turned against me. I wonder, am I speaking this morning to some, somewhere, some broken-hearted woman, and the love of your early life has abandoned you, forsaken you, for another? There's some man this morning and she's departed. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe this is for you this morning, wherever you are. She's departed, laid to her. And your life's in ruins this morning. Child of God, if you are such this morning, remember you have a shield. Because I am thy shield. Thou art my shield, O Lord. Get down behind the shield. Maybe some mother, some father this morning. Your child has turned against you. The one that you love with all your heart and reared and brought up and done everything you could will not even darken your door. And you know what it's like. There's many hurting souls out there this morning and they're wounded by friends. Wounded by friends. And to be wounded by friends is the worst wound of all because there's love there. There's a deep love. That's why it was so awful for my Savior. As he hung on the cross at Calvary. And as that arrow went into his soul. Oh, the love of God. Love hurts. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you nearly feel I'd rather not love somebody as much. But the wounds are sore. 
and the wounds are deep. And unless we run to the shield and put it up, David's face hung down. Lift up my head, he said. Lift up my head. Listen, lift up your head this morning and look up. There's a better day coming. And the Lord is on your side. And the Lord will vindicate. But thou art my shield. When Joseph's brethren turned against him and forsook him, God shielded him in the pit. He shielded him in Potiphar's house. He shielded him in the prison. He shielded him in the palace. When, when Moses' brother and sister turned against him and made a bid for power and started to criticize and condemn him and his wife, God shielded him. Paul says, Demas has forsaken me, but God didn't forsake him. Paul says, only Luke is with me. Nevertheless, the Lord stood with me. I'm glad that I have a faithful friend in the Lord. I'm glad I have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother this morning. I'm glad I'm not depending on men this morning. Good and all as the men are around me here, and I love every one of them. I'm not depending on you this morning. My eyes are on the Lord. On the Lord this morning. Because your nearest and dearest can fail you. Your nearest and dearest can abandon you. But he will never leave us or forsake us. One more in just a few minutes. Ephesians chapter 6. When you talk about the shield, you can't go past this. And by the way, there are many, many references in the Word of God to God shielding His people. I think there's one psalm, and he says it three times in one verse or two verses. God is our shield, and He'll shield us from COVID, and He'll shield this church. And He'll shelter His people until the storm is past. And then he'll bring us into the haven of rest. I tell you, we have a Savior who will never fail. Ephesians 6, this great chapter of the soldier's armor. Verse 11, and your feet, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 16, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. This is a shield not against to protect for the family. And it's not to protect against fear either, because the soldier of the Lord should have no fear. A fearful soldier is no good. No use. We worked with men in our early days, and I'll tell you, some of them got afraid. And on one occasion, done a lot of damage. There's no place for fear. 
for the soldier of the Lord. None at all. You see, you study this armor of God. This is, this is not against the family and it's not against, this is against the foe. This is against the wiles of the, of the devil. The wiles of the devil. Read the verse again. And above all, taking the shield of faith, verse 16, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now this is where the King James Version is not 100% correct here. And the King James Version is not everything you know. This should read here. This should read here. Quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That's the Greek the wicked one. I'm tying it down and cornering in the devil. That's what it's doing. You see, there's six pieces of armor. The first three pieces are always on. The shoes, the girdle, and the breastplate. But then the next three, you'll read about the next three, I'm taking the shield of faith, and taking the helmet of salvation, and taking the sword of the Spirit. So get a picture now. There's a soldier in the barrack. And uh, there's a lull in the battle, and he's relaxing. But he, he has his shoes on, and he has the girdle on, and he has the breastplate on. But he has left a sword to one side, and a shield to one side. And uh, the cry comes, the cry comes, the battle's on. He rushes and he puts the helmet on. He gets a shield. He takes a sword and he goes into battle. Now this is a powerful picture of the Roman soldiers. It says here, above all, taking the shield of faith, Above all, above all these things, we need the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Do you know that the Roman soldier had a, had, 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 had a shield and it was 1.3 meters long and 75.75 meters wide? It was like a door. There was a handle on the inside of it. Round it was done with copper and with, with certain inflammatory, uh, certain gel that turned back the fire, there were fiery darts. What they did, they lit arrows. And they would lay the whole go of arrows and the tips on the end of them. And now those arrows, arrows would strike the, strike the shield and, and the, 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 the gel that they had on the shield quenched, quenched it. But they used to let a barrage of arrows off, one side and another side and another side to confuse to confuse the soldier. And that's what the devil does with you and me. He lets the fiery darts loose time and time again. They'll come from this way. They'll come from that way. They'll come from another way. And you'll not know. And he'll have you believing something's wrong or something's terrible or you've lost your faith and, you're, and a, a whole, whole lot of things. He'll thump your mind and he'll thump at you with the fiery darts of the wicked. He's a wicked, evil foe. And if you're in the battle at all, my friend, you'll be getting these fiery darts. 
And we need to take the shield of faith. That's not the Word of God only, but it's the promises of the Word of God. We need to take the promises of the Word of God and the shield of faith, and we need to stand and stand against all the fiery darts of the wicked. That's why the shoes had, the Roman soldiers' shoes had studs in them. They had long studs in them, and they dug their heels in. There was no armor for the back, by the way. They dug their heels in, and they stood with the shield. And with the sword. And they held their ground. They held their ground. Listen, we need to hold ground. There's ground slipping everywhere spiritually this morning. We need to hold ground, my friend. We need to stand against the fiery darts of the wicked. One as he attacks us and attacks our family, attacks our our mind, attacks our church, attacks our children. We need to stand against them with the shield of faith and with the promise of God because the shield is a substitute stands in our place it takes our place and the devil fires everything at us but the Lord is my shield he's my fortress he's a strong tower and the righteous runneth into it and are safe I finish with this illustration. Don't, don't fear the foe this morning. For we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. The old SPG, the old special patrol group. I don't know what they call them now, but they were a mighty force of men who went to the thick of all the riots. And all the stuff that went on in days we don't want to remember even. And they had shields. And they weren't unlike the shield of the Roman soldier. I'm sure you've often seen them. And they used to go into West Belfast and these places and all sorts, even bullets were fired at. And they used to display, I've seen them displaying them to the media how they were burnt and how they were hit with bullets and how there were bits of the end of them and how they were hit with stones. But anybody that had a shield never lost their life. Never once. The shield was scarred and the shield was burnt and the shield was blackened. But it kept them safe. And I tell you, my substitute this morning stands in the way. And he bore my sins in his own body upon the cruel tree at Calvary, and all hell was let loose upon him. All the fiery darts and everything the devil could fire at him was fired at Christ. Hallelujah, glory to God. But he took it all. Bore my sins and died just for the unjust and has risen in the power of an endless life. And because of that, we're safe this morning. He's my shield this morning, and I'm glad that come tomorrow morning, I can get down behind it when all these dirty, fiery darts come and hold forth and declare the promises of God and the Word of God. That's what we do in here. Hold forth the Word of God. We'll drive back the enemy, and we'll see mighty 
mighty blessing in the days ahead. COVID-19 and the shield. He's our shield. You get down behind it. Listen to what God says, not what Stormont says. And we'll be victors in Jesus. Amen.